Welcome to the Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. Todd has over 35 years of experience working with thousands of couples as a licensed therapist in his private practice. Todd shares his insights on this show. It's never too early to divorce-proof your marriage or too late to heal yourselves and have the relationship you truly want. Well, all right. So I will do the, let me just get this on there and I will edit this. So don't worry. Okay. So I can make a funny face now if I want, like I can stick my tongue out or, okay. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to read the, I'm going to do the introduction and we'll try and try and reduce any background noise. So Hello, everyone. I am excited to be back once again interviewing Todd Krieger today on the Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast. Todd is a licensed marriage and family therapist and licensed clinical social worker with 35 plus years of experience helping both couples and individuals heal themselves from crises such as trauma and infidelity. But he also helps couples rekindle their passion and aliveness in their relationships. Todd is a firm believer in combining healing modalities into his practice. He incorporates EMDR, emotional focus therapy and meditation to help promote optimal healing and living for his patients. Today, we're going to continue our discussion from last month's topic, where we chatted about uh, meditation, the benefits and how it gives you the freedom to drop your agenda and be able to listen from a deeper place. And if you haven't listened um, to that episode yet, we've got the links right down below for you as well. And today... I'm excited to talk about this one. Radical self-acceptance is the topic we're going to talk about. So let's dive into the questions. All right. Are you ready, Todd? I'm ready. Okay. So why is it that emotionally charged conversations are a natural part of being in a relationship with another human being? Well, we know that just any relationship can create conflict, can trigger our emotions. People don't always do what we want when we want it. Uh, There's all that that happens with friends, with colleagues. But with our intimate relationship, it's particularly triggering because our intimate partner takes up a place in our psyche that nobody else does. They actually symbolize uh, our mommies and daddies <laughs> from when we were younger, <laughs> in a way they do. Oh. Not that they're, not that they're, let me be clear, not that they're mother or father, but they take on that kind of significance. For example, if somebody, if one of my clients or students is upset with me, mm-hmm. um, I don't like it, but it's not the end of the world. But if my wife is really upset with me, it triggers me in a deeper way because, um, because she's a significant other, you know, she's, I'm, I'm, I depend on her approval sometimes in much more deeper ways than I do with a client or a student. So we get triggered. And so it's very, you know, it's really easy for people to escalate and to feel bad about themselves and take it out on the other person. It's just, it's right for that. 
intimate relationships. Okay. So is that why we get so defensive when our partners or anyone else for that matter gives us negative feedback or complaints? Yeah. It, what, what really happens, this is the way I look at it. I look at it as that um, people, you know, do you ever hear the, you might've heard of this, Kristen, but the metaphor of like, you have a, a room full of tuning forks and these tuning forks are calibrated to a certain frequency, like some are the key of G for people that are music, some it's an A, some it's a B, not key, but the notes, G, A, B, C. So if you click one note that's all, that's a C, all the other tuning forks start to vibrate that are C. Oh yeah. Get a bunch of them. And likewise, so if there's a part of me that can be hard on me, if I'm not accepting of me on mm -hmm. some level, mm -hmm. if I'm not perfectly 100% self-accepting, which how many of us really are? If my client is upset with me again, it's like, ah, uh, but if my wife is, it, it resonates like that tuning fork. And um, I instantly get harder on me. Now, I might not say, wow, when you say that, I get hard on me because I'm not that aware, but I might get, I'll do a fight or flight. I'll, I'll yell back, I'll scream at her, or I'll tell her, you think I'm bad, you're worse, or people can flight, they could shut down. They could say, forget you. They could close their door, you know, and worse. <laughs> so, so like our parents, our partners, our intimate partners or somebody, I think I hear you saying this, that we really seek their approval mm -hmm. at a higher level than mm -hmm. say, if it's a student or it's yeah. you and I having a conflict, it's not going to be as he did, right? Well, you know, no, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's right. that's interesting. So right. okay. it, it, it triggers a uh, 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 basic survival with so, our intimate partners, just like it did with our moms and dads. So do you see a lot of that in your practice then working with couples? Is that like one of the biggest problems that a lot of people have when they come to see you is that they it, they get triggered at that level? The biggest problem. The biggest problem is that um, we trigger each other's fears on some level. And then we go to protect ourselves. And the way we protect ourselves is fight or flight. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it is. The, and, and of course, even bigger symptoms, whether it's infidelity, uh, drug abuse, even domestic violence, they're all symptoms of this in some way. This, this like, I feel threatened and I'm going to react. And uh, you are triggering my self-rejection. So like something inside of you is broken and it triggers that? Yeah, I don't know if it's, I, I, I'll say, I don't want to say broken, even though I guess you could say broken because um, I'd say we're all in that sense broken. Like we all have pains, we all have trauma, we all have things that we all hurt. There are times people didn't perfectly love us. And yeah. so we get, we, you know, we self-doubt creeps mm -hmm. into our soul. Mm -hmm. And when a partner gives us negative feedback, for example, or says a feeling we don't want to hear about themselves, about us or whatever, yeah, we, we could, you know, that could resonate with us like, oh, uh, I'm bad. And we, we protect ourselves against that. Huh, interesting. Yeah. So, so I have another question on like, so you're dating someone. Does uh -huh. that person have that same amount of trigger that an intimate partner? I mean, or does it depend on how long you've been with that person? Kind of how long? I'm curious because. How long does it take for that to, you know, that person to kind of get into that same realm as your parental parent? I think, I think that's, a, that's a good question. You know, I, 
I, I would say that um, someone you you it's 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 the it's the whatever the meaning is we put on the other person, right? Yeah. So if a person, let's say a person went through a tough divorce and they were hurt by it, and now they start dating again and they have self-doubt that they are going to give more power to that person that, that they're dating than their friend or their boss. So if my boss has a hard time with me, maybe that's not so great, but it's not so bad. But if my date rejects me, I've already been rejected by my ex-husband or wife or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you reject me. It's, it, it, it's more, it, it's, it's too much for me. I, I have a, a client right now. I'm dealing with it today uh-huh. where she, um, she uh, was, she divorced and was very hurt by, she felt very abandoned by her husband and she's had abandonment issues with other people in her life, mm-hmm. you know, in a variety of ways, parents and everything. And now years later, she's starting to date. She has this one man she really likes and she is full with anxiety. Uh, if they see each other on a Sunday and they, she doesn't text on a, he doesn't text her on a Monday or Tuesday, she's freaked out. Mm-hmm. Now that wouldn't be the same with a girlfriend. It's just that she's already unsure of herself. So she gives this other person too much power. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, is it as much as some spouse? Uh, probably not because you haven't built that attachment kind of connection yet, but it's also has to do with the meaning you give to that, that, that date, which of course, yeah. when I'm working with someone like her, I want to help her become more, uh, well, some of the things we're, we're talking about, you know, more right. self-accepting right. and more self-validating so that she doesn't give so much power away. Yeah. And that, and that's probably one of the wonderful things about being in a relationship with someone. It allows you, at least with the work of someone like you, to yeah. go in and rechange or change or or heal that uh, part of you yes. that feels yes. that way. I mean, I'm sure yes. that most of, you know, when you get to a certain age, you've probably been to, through a few of those things and that's you know, but not everybody knows how to do that. And that's why they probably need someone like you to come in and help yes. them. Yeah. But, you know, a co- committed relationship, whether they get married or not, committed relationship does afford us the opportunity to, to maybe, I call it the freedom of being committed because people think of committed commitment as the lack of freedom. Yeah. But in a way, it's a, there's a freedom to, to work through those things and to recognize, even though I'm flawed, you still care about me, you still love me. And mm-hmm. that, that could be a very healing. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, great. So we're kind of talking about this whole topic here of radical self-acceptance. And then the next set of questions, we're going to really dive into how does, you know, meditation and all of that, you know, help you with your own work on um, radical self-acceptance. But in the meantime, I really want to take a moment here and share with the audience your newest meditation for couples program yes, that we're launching. Yes, yes. We're launching. Yes. And um, do you want to, you want to tell them instead of me just doing all the talking, you want to tell everybody like sure. why you, you know, this is a passion project of yours. It why is. did you pick this program that you wanted to design and how does it help someone that may or may not be in therapy? Well, I've been meditating for many years, probably very solidly for about three years, Mm -hmm. Uh, but even before that, but I'm really committed the last three years. And uh, I have found 
that it gives me access to parts of me that really help me be a more kind, less reactionary, less defensive, um, resilient person. And that's what I have found for me. Now, what I have found for me regarding my wife and I, even though I'm not saying we are always harmonious, uh, but we have our challenges, but we handle them so much better. Soon after I started doing this very consistent meditation, like I've been doing it since I was 18. So I've really been meditating for decades, but the consistent stuff for three years, she has been doing it probably for almost that long too. And we find we repair her much more quickly. So actually it's my wife that said to me, you should do like a meditation for couples program. Uh -huh. And I went, whoa. And when it hit me, it just really hit me when she said that. And so I started putting together this program and this program is, look, what we're talking about in terms of, let's say, accessing what I call radical self-acceptance, right. the subject of today. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's nice to say, but how do we do it, right? Well, meditation is, a, is one of the most powerful tools to do it because it's helping you access parts of you that are already there yep. that are just covered up by all the other stuff. And so what, what I've done is, for example, every month I have a theme, mm -hmm. right? Yep. One month was on deep listening and dropping your agenda. This month is on, we're talking about is on reducing defensiveness and radical self-acceptance. Another one is eventually going to be, uh, I don't have the, all the order in my head, but on romance, uh, even libido, even uh, how to open your heart to love. And every month is a theme. And, and, and these themes are, are about, that's what we work on that month. Right. And uh, the, first, the first day of the month, you get, uh, you get me in video explaining the theme, giving a little samples of meditations that we do, explaining the whole idea of it and how important it is and explaining the process. And then on the first of the month, also you get the auditory meditation number one. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then in the second 50th of the month, you get number two. So you get two different meditations. In addition to that, you get a practice guide every month where you get to see the meditation as it is so that there are some days you want to hear my voice. And there's some days you might want to practice without my voice. So you could, you could listen, you look at it, get a sense of it, and then meditate on your own. There's also um, a minute. Now, in this program, it's devised so that whether one of the couple or both do it, it'll still help. Yep. One person does it, it will help. It's contagious. And so it's set up for one, but then it's also set up for two in that I also do, in every meditation, there's going to be accessing this part of you but also incorporating your partner in it as you do it on your own. But in the practice guide, there's also a couple's meditation oh, cool. that you do together. And you do this to meditation together if the partner is willing to. And then the last thing on that practice guide is how to take what you learn in these meditations out to non-meditative parts of your life, which is 90% of it. Yep. Um, or more. And so what do you do? How do you access that in everyday life? Yeah. So it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I think people will do this class and this, this, this course training, whatever you want to call it program, and they will start to develop the muscle. It's not immediate. You got to practice it. You got to keep doing it, but they, they develop this muscle and they suddenly go, wow, look how I handled that. Oh, wow. 
I'm not as rattled by this or that. So it's, it's a, it's a program that accesses your best self. Well, I think it lets you also being a meditator and meditating with my husband, just like you and Sherry do. Um, it allows you to filter things in a different way because you're less reactionary to what's going on around you. Like things just don't, I feel, touch you, you know, like your partner, you know, my husband said something last night that was super irritating, you know, and I know he did it because he was mad about something. There's nothing I did, but I just like sat there in bed and went, okay, fine. You know, it didn't, it didn't bother me. I mean, I think that's then, you know, and that's one of the benefits of meditating and being able to filter things when you're in a relationship with someone else, you just things that the little things don't bother you as much and neither do the bigger things. You can look at, like you said, repair things easier, faster, because maybe you're, you don't have to waste all that time um, getting upset over things, or maybe yeah. the upsetness isn't as big. I don't know. Well, look, I, I, look at, I look at the metaphor, like in the ocean, that many of us live on the surface of the ocean, and we're getting bobbed up and down by the waves. But yeah. what if in meditation, you find that that's a part of you, but you're also the depth, the yeah. calmness, that is what we're looking at here. Okay, that's awesome. Well, let's dive into the next question. So, and let's really kind of dive into specifically this topic of what is radical self-acceptance and how does meditation and in your program really help, you know, an individual access this? And I'd love it, you know, you know, uh, well, it's going to be my next question after this, but you can actually dive into it in this one if you want, but some sort of story to showing, telling the audience, you know, how it works. Sure. Sure. Uh, Radical self-acceptance. You know, sometimes I I use the metaphor of the sun and the moon. You know, Mm -hmm. the moon has no light of its own. It needs the sun to reflect its light. And many of us act like the moon all day long. You know, uh, when someone says, oh, you're great, then you feel great. That is not radical self-acceptance. That's conditional. So if you like me, I like me. Mm-hmm. If you approve of me, I approve of me. Radical self-acceptance is I approve of me. I am the sun. I'm not the moon. I have a light of my own. Mm-hmm. Now, if you disapprove of me, I approve of me. And that doesn't mean that if you disapprove of me that I don't look and say, hmm, what did I say or do? And it doesn't mean I don't make changes. But it just means at the deepest level, I have, uh, I experience my inner worth, my inner self-worth, my, that I am, I am good, I'm worthy, I'm lovable. And radical self-acceptance is I accept me no matter what happens, no matter how people think of me. That's what we want to practice. And Even if you make a mistake, right? You don't yeah. beat yourself up but so much about when you no. make either right right it doesn't help my let's say i do something hurtful to my partner me beating myself up never helps her one bit it it doesn't answer her life one bit so it actually and this is the whole idea is if i practice radical self-acceptance i mean not only do i feel calmer inside or at least i don't get caught up in my own stuff but also i'm more present for her i'm able to listen to her i'm able to tune into her she now feels heard when she feels heard, 
suddenly her disapproval can't change to approval. Ah. But if I'm hard on me and I stay defensive, her disapproval stays disapproval. And that's kind of how it works. You know, so I need to practice being accepting of me. The people that join this program will learn how to practice accessing that part of them that is totally unconditionally self-accepting. We already have that part of us. We're not changing anything. We're mm -hmm. just discovering it. That's what we do. We discover the parts of us that already are self-accepting below the waves. I have a question about that then. So when we're born, are we more self-accepting when we're born and then does it uh, over time? I'm just curious, right? Well, I mean, I mean, say it's already there. Big, or I think it's a good question, actually. I think it's a good question. I'm thinking how to answer that good question. See, Kristen always throws me, guys. Always throws me with this question. This is not but, on our script, no. but I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm I, don't, I don't even prepare on the script. I know there's a few <laughs> questions. I don't remember the questions even because we talked about it last week or whatever. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. So, the truth is that yes, babies come in really, really dependent. So they do depend on us for food and, and but they they are not beating them. There's no self criticism. Yeah. They don't have self-criticism. I mean, they don't have the brain apparatus for self-criticism yet. So they are totally self-affirming in the sense. They are always advocating for themselves. They'll let you know when they're happy. They'll let you know when they're sad and angry. They are absolutely radically self-accepting. They are. Now, if they grow up in families where they are mirrored negatively and they're told you're not okay, then they learn to not be. But yeah. when they first came into this world, Perfect. They are all about themselves and they are, we all, you know, we're, there's this guy, a uh, man, his name is Father Gregory Boyd, and he was the head of the most successful gang intervention program in the country, maybe the world. It's in LA. His name is Father Gregory Boyd. Did I say Boyd? Boyle. Father Gregory Boyle, okay. I think. B-O-Y-L-E. And anyway, I heard him speak six times in one speech. He said, we are all nobly born. He kept saying that we are all nobly born, meaning we are born worthy. And then he would take these people that were killing or trying to kill people and getting killed, and he would help them find their nobility, their value. And I've seen, I went there, to, took a tour of these people that used to be so violent, so loving. It's unbelievable. Yeah. But, that, but they have, they got acceptance and they were able to internalize and, and be what they were when they were born. We were all nobly born, so. Okay, so that, that was a, that was a better that was a better answer than I thought I'd come up with when ah, you asked that question. I love it. No, that's true. So the answer is yes. We are born yes. perfectly, nobly, whatever. So that's <laughs> awesome. I, that, yeah. I'm just curious. And I'm sure there's plenty of things that you know, not just your family, but there's plenty of things that happen to us along the way that can erode that sense of acceptance, self acceptance. It can happen at oh, any yes. It could be family, it could be a teacher, it could be kids, and it could be repeating, right? Sure, sure. Because it's all about, I mean, I would assume that if you're already healthy and something like that, you know, you've got a healthy sense, then yeah, these things are going to show up and try and erode, but it's not going to be as devastating because- If you're health, if you've already got that sense of self that's been by your um, family of origin and been reinforced the right way, what other people do maybe a bump right. on the road, but you can fix right. your 
can, you know your self-worth, you know you're already right. self, right? Yeah, yeah. And even for people that had relatively secure relationships with their parents, just, you know, I mean, we could always be more radically self-accepting. It's a process. But yeah. yeah, but you're right. I mean, definitely there's, the, you're less triggered and, and it's a little easier. You know, you know, for some people, and you know, you mentioned this combination that I do, for some people I'll do some EMDR processing for trauma to help people process and move past memories so that they are more able to access their own inner radical self-acceptance, their own inner son. So, yeah. I love that. And then, so in meditation, when you're how, like the connection between radical self-acceptance and meditation, you want to go a little more deeper into that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, meditation is, helps us access the part of us that already knows we're okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and we just spend our lives conditioned to be caught up in our mind. Mm -hmm. And as people meditate, they start to realize that a lot of what the mind says is full of it. It's it's BS. I'll say it like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we start to get free, freer of the critical voice voices. We get freer of it through meditation because we see it. We see it in meditation. It's an opportunity in a sense to go beyond our conditioned mind. Mm -hmm. And so we start to just experience even glimpses of, wow, I feel feel unconditionally accepting. There's actually, actually, even when we have feelings, we notice, even if we have feelings of self-doubt, we go, okay, those are just feelings. But there's sort of like a separation that happens. And in that separation, we have, we start to feel better, even though we're not trying to feel better because we naturally really are worthy. We really right. are, no, we are nobly born. So the meditation helps us get to a deeper place where the truth comes up. Okay. So you're saying when you say separation, separation from that critical voice, right? Separation Be- from the critical voice, separation from the thoughts, you, yep. you, separation even from the feelings. You, not that you're not feeling, but you, there's some space. It creates a space which, which you go, that is not me. Yeah. That's just the way I've been domesticated or trained. It's not me. Uh, and meditation helps us go to that deeper place. And in that depth is where we discover radical self-acceptance. Love that. Love that. So you want to share a story of, it could be your own story. It could be somebody you've worked with that, you know, where they did meditate and how did it affect Yes. Your well, own personal relationship with their significant other or whatever you choose to share. Well, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll sh- I could always share personal, but I'm not. I'm going to share. So I have a couple that I've worked with relatively recently, and they came in just as a, they're ready to divorce. They, they just were, we just don't get along. We fight all the time. We're, we're incompatible. We're just too different. That's what they said. But the real issue was, they weren't tuning into each other. As I say all the time, that what couples need more than anything is, I need to experience that you know me, that you see me, and that you get me. That's mm-hmm. what that's what we need. And suddenly this thing about incompatibility disappears. It's like, I just need to know that you know me. So this is a couple where 
uh, they all both had their fears. One had a fear of abandonment, so it would get really triggered. The other had a fear of not being enough, and they got, they got triggered. And every time the person who had a fear of abandonment felt like you didn't think of me, criticized the man who had this fear of not being good enough. Well, he did, he was critical back because he was defending himself from not being good enough, which made her feel more abandoned. You know, and this is spiral upward, right? So we did uh, we you know we we start to practice some communication exercises. But it was truly when we started to teach them meditation and mm -hmm. help them begin to practice slowing down and tuning in to that part of them that is deep. It's just this depth, you know. I mean, obviously, it's something that we got to, people got to do it to experience it. Right. But once they experienced even doing it, for 10, 15 minutes here and there, you know, uh, they eventually, they do it every day now. I can tell wow. you that, do it wow. every day. Well, it's very motivating when you see the results. What happened is they came in after doing the meditation just one week and they said, we did still bicker, but we repaired it really fast. We got it. We started to see this is the, what we do. And doing meditation, they had experienced both of them had experienced another part of themselves that wasn't their reactive part. They're like, wow, there's this reactive part, but there's this other part. And so they were able to mm. access it eventually. The next week, two, three, they started to access it earlier and earlier. And I started to, you know, I'd have them practice communicating about a very tough issue. Right. You know, we, we built them up to a really tough issue. And it was just a beautiful thing to watch as they were able to just stay you know, present for the other person because they were just, it's not that they were comatose. They still had their feelings, but mm -hmm. they weren't so cut up. They had created the space to just be, to settle into their beingness. Yep. And they were able to, without reaction, make space, make room for the other person. And so now they're a couple that attunes to each other regularly they look forward to communicating they're not coming to these communications protective and defensive anymore because you know they 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 experience their radical self-acceptance and, and tuning into each other that's awesome that's awesome okay so i've got another question that's not on the script oh but... my god <laughs> <laughs> but todd you know you do a lot of work with couples that need help healing from infidelity. So my question really is back to this whole thing of when people can access radical self-acceptance, does that help heal people from who are dealing with infidelity faster, easier, better, and wouldn't meditation, if that's true, help? I could tell you another story, <laughs> not, that, not that one, but you know, in a nutshell with this one couple, yeah, there was that infidelity and uh, the, in this particular case, you know, men and women both cheat, but this time right. it was him. And he, he was, he, as he meditated, we did a few other things, but I'm telling you the meditation was a big part of what we did. And the meditation helped him see his own self-critical part of him yeah. and how much he was constantly seeking validation. He was rejected by his mom, that, that kind of thing. And so uh, he also recognized 
how he was through the meditation, he realized, because when you're meditating, sometimes you also got clear, like stuff comes up, you go, oh my God, am I afraid of that? And you don't get, you don't get wallow in the fear, but you notice it and then you come back to it later. But he was able to recognize how much he just expected. He was always bracing for his wife to reject him like his, like his mom. So in his case, the meditation helped him find that quiet place. He was able to, he learned how to self soothe. Uh And as he learned how to self soothe, he wasn't so threatened by his wife and his urge to cheat went away. It was that. Wow. Wow. And uh, she also, because like, that's all, that's all we need to do. She, she actually didn't meditate until, (laughs) wow, look what he's doing for him. And so yep. then she started to meditate too, and she found that her own uh, her own pain of feeling insignificant, you know, and the affair symbolized that. But she was able to, you know, get deeper than that and clear and recognize that she is worthy and significant. And so you know, it, it sped up her processing of the trauma of discovery of the affair. Oh, I can imagine. I can to- only imagine. So that that's really powerful right there, you know, because there's so many applications for meditation in a relationship, not, you know, it's great if you've got a good, good relationship, everybody bickers. So it's great to have oh. something in your toolbox that can help yeah. with that. But then for more deep, you know, deeper, you know, traumas that happen, such as infidelity and other things in relationships, meditation can, is a real good supplement or, uh, to your work. Right. I mean, it it is help speed it up. I used to call it a supplement. I I would say that it's a necessity. Yeah. Well, anything that we do that helps us go beyond our conditioned patterns is not just a supplement. And I find that meditation is one of those things. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I want to just thank you, Todd, because that was, it was a really awesome conversation today. And I want to remind the listeners here that you can learn more about Todd's meditation for couples program. And um, inside month number two of the program, there's going to be a whole section on radical self-acceptance. Um, and it's a, it's a great program because it kind of just builds the subjects each month, build upon each other so that you have this amazing toolbox that you can go to at any time, right? right? And go back to it as long as you're in the program so that you can, you know, um, silence that inner critic finally. And next time a difficult conversation takes place with you, with a partner or anybody else for that matter, you know what to do. You won't have that same effect. So if you're really looking for something like that, definitely check out Todd's program. We've got the links down below for you. And for a very short time right now, uh, we don't know how long we're going to run this for, but we have a very low introductory price. So go check it out while you can. And we're going to be back next month with another Um, conversation about meditation and relationships. So be sure to, you know, look for that. And um, that was really awesome. Thank you so much, Todd. Thank you. All right. All right. I can stop the record. Oh, you have to stop the recording. (laughs)
<laughs> oh, that's right. I'm the guy. Okay. Here. I'll cut this out. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, no. That's it for today's episode of Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. For free resources and materials, head over to toddkrieger.com. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you.